I'm Veronica Start, and welcome to my blogcast, where I'll be covering topics relating to holistic vocal coaching and personal stories relating to singing and performance in general. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Soul Singer Coach. And don't forget to check out my online course, Sing with Soul in 7 Weeks, on my website, soulsingercoach.com. This is Episode 6, an interview with producer Aaron Hubley. Part of my Sing With Soul mission is to encourage singers to explore their sound, their microphone technique, and I especially would love to see more singers getting comfortable with audio production. In my view, this production focus could fast track your vocal development as well as give you more control over your artistic development. And this is why I would like to use this platform to offer the perspectives of how other musicians and producers experience working with singers. Today, I have my very first subject matter expert, Aaron Hoobley. Aaron has worked as a multi-genre producer, mixer, instrumentalist, and songwriter for nearly 20 years in Melbourne, Australia, Vancouver, and now in Toronto, Canada. He's running his own production business, which is a one-stop shop for artists and bands to develop their songs from the initial idea all the way through to release. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me on the Soul Singer podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Veronica. I'm very excited about hearing your perspectives, but first, tell us, how are you enjoying Toronto? I am really enjoying the city, mm. at least what I've seen of it so far. Um, as soon as as soon as we moved here um, three or four months ago, it's just been work, 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 honestly. And that's, that's a good thing, making mm. lots of music, ha- having a lot of fun. But at the same time, it's going to be good to uh, take a break, take some me time and enjoy the city a little more. Mm, For sure. Yeah, hoping to get to that soon. So let me ask you about emotions. When it comes to the performance of singers in the studio, what role does their emotional state play when they're being recorded? Yeah, so I mean, emotion is everything in music. So I need to make sure that a singer is, is feeling comfortable and confident in a session so that they can express themselves and be vulnerable and tell the story of the song. There can actually be a lot that goes into this. And it starts, I think, the day before the session, like near the end of the night, I think maybe getting off your phone a little earlier is better starting to wind down so you can get a good night's sleep, um, you know, hydrating, um, just doing everything you can to make sure that you're going to wake up the next day feeling well rested Mm -hmm. and, and ready to sing. And then when a singer shows up in the studio, I want to do everything I can to make sure that they are, again, comfortable and confident. So like I'll have the microphone ready with some effects pulled up so their voice sounds really, really great um, right out of the gates. Like Mm. they've got some nice reverb or delay. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) And as soon as they start singing into that microphone, they can immediately hear themselves singing in that world with the track. And they are... Uh, more likely to be able to jump into that emotion. Mm -hmm. And when you perform, do you have a ritual to get into the emotion just right? Um, Not exactly. I'm a little different, um, especially if it's in a studio or if it's like at a live gig or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. For instance, at a live gig, what I do is I'm, this might be kind of counterintuitive, but I'm honestly trying to detach myself from the audience a little bit. Whoever's in the room listening, I don't want to focus on them too much and I want to just get in the right headspace to sing the song. Um, So what I do 
is I kind of just like spend a moment with with my guitar, not like jamming or anything, but you know, playing a few chords, singing quite often a little bit of falsetto, something uh, very gentle just to like kind of feel as though I'm in tune with the instrument mm. and uh, often like close my eyes and just kind of relax, like really, really relax. Mm-hmm. And part of it is just tuning out the noise, especially if it's like a bar and it's loud, tuning everything out and just remembering like my quiet, happy place, me and my instrument. And then when I'm ready, I'll start to play. And that's, uh, I don't know if that's going to be helpful for anyone, but that's kind of what I do. <laughs> well, I think it's extremely helpful. And then in the studio, it is quite different. So like when I play live, I've always just sat down. That's that's what I've done. But in the studio, I'm standing up and honestly like dancing around a little bit, moving, um, trying to keep my mic technique in mind. But yeah, kind of moving around and just kind of like jamming out with the track in general. Like I might do a full take of just... Um, part of the song that I've written like parts of the proper lyric and melody and then the rest is just kind of jamming jamming along getting in the zone and feeling out my voice um, making sure that I'm like in this world that is being presented through the left and right headphones (laughs) Um, and then once I feel like I'm I'm in tune with the song and not like the actual tuning not like my pitch but like I am uh, singing well with the song in the vibe in the zone with it and we're we're playing as one um at that point then i'm ready to actually start recording and and laying down takes and so i will start singing it sounds sounds like you uh chill out for live performances and energize for the studio ones it's very interesting so how did you come to define yourself as an artist when did you realize your identity as a producer and an educator for artists um yeah to identify myself as an artist Mm -hmm. and producer um so i've just always played music my whole life um since i was a little kid it's been probably over 20 years at this point that i've been playing instruments making weird sounds in the basement (laughs) and i guess it was like a natural progression like i started recording myself recording instruments recording my voice writing songs um, with no real goals in the in the first place. I was just having fun. And then production, learning production is what really first took off for me. So enthralled in this world. There's so much that goes into uh, building a good arrangement and, and mixing. Oh, yeah. Uh, mixing a song. There's, there's so much to it and there was so much to learn and it was so exciting. And so I've just like, I chased that for a really long time before I actually decided to, to launch a business, uh, the production business. Um, so that's kind of how that took place. That took maybe like, uh, 15 years or so since I started until I actually realized like, I'd like to do this professionally as Mm. a producer because like, that's what I am at this point. And then as far as being an artist, um, that's something that's always been kind of like on the back burner in the back of my mind. I make my own music. I write original songs. I've done that forever, but I never actually, put myself out there as an artist like I never built a brand oh, I, um, see. I never thought about who my audience was what my goals are as the artist um, until recently actually which is um, a new endeavor for myself Ooh. and you're going to be hearing music from me pretty shortly oh. <laughs> I'm super stoked about that congratulations so, um, yeah I can't wait to hear it and then the other part to that educator 
Um, when did I realize I was an educator and that I could be teaching people things about music? Right. Um, I first started teaching people in kitchens and restaurants, uh, working as a oh. chef and realizing that, uh, you know, it was part of my job to train the new people. And I realized how much I love teaching uh, people that are newer to cooking um, and that were passionate, clearly mm-hmm. passionate. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they really took this knowledge to heart and they thought about it. And I got to watch them develop as cooks. Um, this is the first time I realized that like, I really love teaching people. And so with, uh, the skills I had developed with music, it was a kind of a no brainer. Like I want to start this production business and I'm going to be working with artists. So why not teach them and help them grow in what they're doing? And like, I had already been at it for 15 years before I started to reach out to people and ask if they want to make music with me. So like I had so much to offer. especially for people that had just started um, trying to make music uh, for the first time. Like (laughs) I can save you so much time if, if you want to learn. Totally. Um, Totally. So yeah, that's kind of when I realized that I was an educator in the world of music. And as a producer, what, what do you think are the qualities that gives an artist a distinct identity? Yeah. I mean, everyone has their, their unique voice and the way they sing. Um, Also, everyone has, different life experiences and Mm. we've all been through different things in our lives which gives us each a unique perspective to tell our story that's right um yeah i think of those two that i just mentioned i think the story is the big one like we can debate all day whether a person's voice is like top-notch and catchy and they're an incredible singer but it doesn't really matter as long as they're hitting the right emotion in the music that they're putting out there Mm -hmm. um but the real connective thing here is the story and like for an artist building their brand and building an audience telling their story um in a way that resonates with other people that's what's really gonna create that connection and uh create value in their music i totally agree i could not agree more So I'm curious about your mentors. What role did your mentors play, Aaron, in helping you reach your goals? Yeah, as far as mentorship, honestly, I would say I've lacked mentorship my entire life uh, with music and in other areas of life. But um, with music, I'm like many other people. um, When I started to make music, I didn't have anyone that was a professional music maker by mm. any means teaching me these things. Like I had an older brother that was a bit ahead of me with like production and playing and stuff. And so I got a bit from him, but it would have been so good to have someone to coach me through all of these various aspects of music. So <laughs> right? yeah, what I was saying was like many people today, I looked up to folks on the internet, like making videos of about uh, music production and mixing and and all these different things. So like there's a handful of people that I've listened to along the way that I could identify as as solid mentors. Um, But then in real life, in person, people that I had actually connected with and that have actually mentored me, um, I had a chance to intern at Ginger Studios in Melbourne, Australia with Jimmy Lloyd Wyatt. And that was an excellent experience this was like a really really nice studio solid room um more catered to jazz and um just like really nice live organic sounding Mm, recordings like proper studio studio so it was a short time there but 
I got to uh, I got to learn from Jimmy in that role, and that was fantastic. And another mentor that I had taken on um, was actually someone that I hired. It was a business consultant, Daniel Grimmett, who works with producers to build businesses. But it's not just about creating a business. There's a lot to um, creating music efficiently and there's such a great community in uh in this program that daniel offers where i was able to network with many other producers and it was like we all had common goals um but we all were able to ask each other questions and some of us were further along than others or we we had more experience in one place than the other and so we would help each other out and Mm. and we still do to this day and it's a it's a fantastic thing so like that's one of the reasons why I think networking is so important because you never know who you're going to meet, what they specialize mm, in. You don't exactly. know how you're going to be able to help them or vice versa. And so for singers just starting out, I would say like definitely be networking with other singers, bands, producers, mixers, everybody. And if you have something to offer, that's fantastic. And if you do have something to offer, there's a great chance that you're going to get something back in return because people like to help each other. Um, so yeah, those are my mentors and yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Aaron. That was really, um, very interesting how the producers and the entrepreneurs were really what set your heart alight. And, uh, that was the star that you followed. So what role do you feel your core beliefs play, uh, during a recording session? Like, do you have mottos or rules or um, any lessons learned maybe from a guidance, um, a guidance from a mentor? Um, and, and do you practice core breathing? Do you do any kind of meditation or any kind of breathing exercises yourself? Uh, definitely a little bit of meditation um, daily, actually, just uh, for a short amount of time. And as far as breathing exercises, nothing... Uh, to enhance or practice uh, like vocal capabilities, but uh, more so just to to kind of detach from the world, you know, like the following your breath in and out and just clearing your mind so that I can uh, have meaningful thought. And then as far as core beliefs uh, in a session, um, yeah, like we already talked about emotion and, and why it's so important. Um, so one thing I try to make sure singers understand when we go into a session is like, I really emphasize the importance of the emotion. So like I, I'll tell everyone that if you don't sing this part perfectly and your pitch is a little bit off, that's okay. I have a magic studio button for pitch and I can, I can adjust it if we need to. I mean, get as close as you can, but we can adjust it. Also, if your timing isn't perfection, especially if we're making like pop music or something, like you don't have to be absolutely perfect. I also have a studio magical button that will fix your timing. But what I don't have (laughs) is a button for emotion. I can't do anything if we don't have emotion in our vocal. So that's like, I would say the number one thing. I agree. Performance is king. Um, So let's move on to uh, cover songs or writing an original song. Do you feel there is a theme when it comes to your message to the world? What What is it that you want people to know about Aaron Hubley after hearing his production or his music? I couldn't say that there is anything really specific. Um, I suppose 
I do sing about certain topics a little more than others. Like nothing is uh, super light and fluffy. It's uh, honestly quite often from a pace of pl- a place of pain, and mm. um, I don't try to put it out there or anything. I don't ever really sit down with the intention to write a painful song. It's just when I'm playing music, whatever chords I'm playing or the way I play, whatever it is, it triggers something in me that uh, it is these kind of darker emotions that seem to come out. And so like when I'm writing a song, it's it's not like I sit down with a pen and paper and I start to write words. It's something that has just spilled out of me. Mm. Like it's like I'm not even thinking, you know, I'm not thinking about what I'm going to write about. It's just... I'm inspired to sing something and words start coming out of my mouth. And then I start to realize listening to myself, I'm like, oh, I'm singing about this thing that I have experienced, this wow. thing that's happening now or this thing that happened decades ago. And I start to realize like what it is. And from that point on, I can start to uh, to fill in the gaps and and write intentionally following that thought. But, what a process. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it's just totally random, spills out of my brain kind of thing. Mm. And then as far as cover songs, if I am totally captivated by a song, I might learn it. Yeah. Um, what often happens is when I listen to music, I feel like I don't listen like everyone else does. I'm often just like obsessed with the production and the mixing and the techniques used. <laughs> and so if I find a song that's really cool in in those aspects... I will listen to it a lot and I might just fall in love with the song through that process. Yeah. In which case, maybe I'll learn that song. Mm -hmm. And then you asked, what do I want people to know about Aaron Hoobly? Yes. After, after listening to my music or, or, or learning about me and there's nothing too specific. I suppose I just want them to know that I'm a multi-dimensional human and like, I don't just go in one direction. I have many emotions and I, I, I make many types of music and I'm very open-minded. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes across in the music I make originally and the music I make with other artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sure agree with that. So knowing what you know after years of playing and producing professionally, what what do you think the audience is looking for when they hear a singer? I think it's different. I think different people listen for different things. Um, and at different times they listen for different things. Like sometimes you just need some, some catchy pop music to be on, uh, maybe like while you're driving or whatever it is, something to sing along to mindlessly. Other times, um, you're feeling very emotional. Maybe something's happened in life and you need to find some kind of answer in music or, or just something to relate to. And so you find a song that, tells a similar story to what you're going through. And that's like, that's what you relate to. And it's uh, a way to work through pain. And then other times you just need something super chill, maybe lyricless that you just need on in the background to, uh, to inspire you or to um, put you in some kind of mood or to do something, ease your brain so that you can focus on something. Yeah. There's just, there's so many uses for music. So yeah, um, it's hard to say what people look for. Yeah. yeah, it's it's true. You you never know what you're going to get, and all the more reason for artists to be um, very solid in in their focus and intent, so that you can 
be prepared for anything, I suppose, because, um, you know, the venue and the type of gig will tell you what it's all about. But as far as hearts and minds, you know, we're kind of all on our own out there. (laughs) So when it comes to, um, you know, an overall plan to actually get things done, what tools do you use to organize yourself creatively? Oh, my goodness. So many (laughs) tools. Um, (laughs) What tools do I use to organize myself creatively? Well, first, I live off of my calendar. Mm. I chose to use Google calendars and I schedule absolutely everything. Um, When I'm booking calls for my business, I use Calendly, which is an app that people can schedule um, from wherever they are in the world. And our time zones link up and it automatically populates my Google calendar. So I know when my events are coming up. I love that. Um, Yeah. What else do I do? Um, to organize myself every, every morning. Um, like I spoke about a little bit about meditation earlier, just clearing my head and, and just, uh, what I do is I, I consider my short-term and long-term goals and I will refine my to-do list and prioritize my to-do list. Um, and yeah, that's a daily thing. And obviously my, my tasks for each day change, but I find that even, maybe a couple times a year my my long-term goals will not change but they'll they'll alter slightly so i think constantly addressing where i'm at and where i'm heading is super important ah exactly there's also certain times in the day where i am more creative than others and um, from what i can tell it seems like a lot of people experience something earlier in the morning Mm -hmm. where they have the mental capacity and fresh mindset to achieve certain things Mm -hmm. Uh, for me creativity is one of them And so like I will book time slots again in my calendar. I'll literally write a three hour slot. Like I'm working on this new production at this time where I need to be creative. Yeah. Like uh, an hour and a half after I wake up, boom, that's like my, my magic time and I'll start being creative. And then after that three hours is up, I'll schedule things like if I have a video to edit or if I am setting up like a mix session or something, something that's like a little more mindless and not as creative, like prep work things like that, responding to emails, this type of thing. Um, Yeah, planning that creative time is super important. You don't want to burn that mental energy, especially if it only happens for a few hours a day. Wow, I feel like we're living parallel lives. So do you have any uh, tips for beginning singers taking their first steps? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really goal dependent. It's like, what do they want to do with singing? Um, Do they want to be playing live? Um, If so, maybe they should be Uh, networking with musicians and going and jamming Mm -hmm. and experiencing what it feels like to play with a bunch of loud instruments and with other people (laughs) and um, learning to express yourself around other people yes or if you're not even at that stage yet of putting yourself out there and you're just developing your voice honestly just sing as much as you can Mm -hmm. the way I learned to sing was when I was much younger I was a little kid um, just like chatting on, what was it? MSN messenger at the Aww. time, chatting with friends online <laughs> and I would have my speakers cranked up and I would just be singing along to music in my room like all day long. And then when it got to the point that I was ready uh, or capable to, to play my guitar and sing with it, I did the exact same thing. I, I would just sit in the basement all day long. I was lucky yeah. enough to have a PA system so I could just like kind of crank it up and throw some effects on it. And I sounded terrible, absolutely Aww. terrible. Um, but I knew I was going to get good eventually. Aww, great attitude. As we all will, as long as we continue practicing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was just stuck in the basement all day long, playing, singing, learning new songs. 
trying to mimic my heroes. Yes. Um, trying to sing like they do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can learn so much that way. Um, pushing your limits, trying to reach a certain tone, sing with a certain color or gentle or heavy or whatever it is. And this whole time that you're practicing, you're just developing your skill. You're, you're gaining muscle memory. You're, you're learning your, uh, your abilities and limitations. You're kind of figuring out what you're able to do and building those muscles. And eventually you're going to find that you hear a new song and you're like, I like this. I really want to learn it. And you just start singing it and boom, you can just sing it right away because you've developed those skills from years of practice. So yeah, I think the overall thing that I'm trying to say here is, is practice. Yeah. <laughs> just, just use your voice, figure out what you can do yeah. and yeah, practice with it. And when you're ready and you feel comfortable with yourself and your voice, then yeah, you can go and jam with some people make some noise and start using your singing capabilities in different uh different scenarios and again goal dependent depends what you want to do with your voice sounds like you have to try everything you can just get out there and do it do you have any tips on the best microphone and audio setup something simple that isn't too expensive or intimidating um yeah so budget friendly um i'm looking at a few mics on my wall right now (laughs) um sm58 is Uh, somewhat of a standard for live performance, but I've used it in studios before. I've used it in recording sessions. Um, You can probably find a used one for, um, we're both in Canada, so I'll say Canadian dollars. You can find a used SM58 for like 80 bucks, probably. Beyond that, you're going to need some mic cables for sure, a mic stand because you don't want to have to hold the microphone. Um, And then an interface, which is the little device that you use to connect the microphone to your computer Mm -hmm. and convert that analog signal to digital Um, and possibly do some other things if it has bells and whistles. But yeah, interface. um, Again, what's I have a main one that I use and then I have my smaller one that I take with me. It's a Focusrite Scarlett, two in, two out. They have a bunch of different models, but yeah, Focusrite Scarlett has some decent converters in it. Sounds good. Gets the job done. And oh, I forget how much that one is. Probably like $200 or less. And then you can find other things that are just dirt cheap. Um, there's so many, so many tools these days yeah. that are so cheap. Um, cheaper you go, obviously, the less sound quality you're going to get. But in the early stages, it's not super important. No. And remember, the goal for everything is just capturing emotion. Um, it doesn't need to be pristine quality to be a hit. Yeah. And then my best piece of advice for trying to find the right microphone is um, just remember the fact that there isn't one microphone that sounds incredible on every single voice. Exactly. And there's going to be microphones that sound better on certain voices. And so what I recommend to people when they're trying to find the right mic for their voice is to go to a music store. Um, what I see in every city I've lived in in Canada is like there's Long and McQuaid everywhere yeah, and they yeah. rent gear and they rent it super, super cheap. So you should go uh, maybe do a bit of research ahead of time and find like five or six microphones that you think are going to possibly work on your voice and they're in your budget and then go to Long and McQuaid and rent them for like a week and yes. just record with them and play it back and see how they sound on your voice and and find which one suits the character of your voice. Um, yeah. 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 It's the only way. And Veronica, I can go so deep on this, <laughs> on this subject, <laughs> on this question. 
Um, <laughs> one other thing that I want people to consider is um, everyone's recording at home, right? Yeah. And yeah. we aren't in recording studios. We have less than ideal rooms, small rooms, um, not treated rooms. There's echo and just like natural reverbs happening in these rooms. And that's something that can cause problems on your recordings. I mean, yes. once in a while it can work out, but most of the time it's a bad thing. You start to compress your audio and the room starts to jump out and you're like, wow, I can really hear the bathroom that I sang in because it's so <laughs> reverberant. Um, and so I'm not going to go into any theory here, but I would just uh, advise you to do some research on what type of microphone is going to work at home yeah. to reject all of that room sound. Yes. And one yes. thing that I see everyone do is um, they buy this whatever $200 bundle of headphones and Rode NT1A is a massive one. It's just a large yeah. diaphragm condenser microphone yeah. and a condenser hears everything. And that's not <laughs> great for most home studios. So like, don't just jump into that because it's cheap and a good deal because it's probably not going to serve you best. So um, yeah, just do some research, figure out what you need um, and experiment with different microphones. If an artist wanted to ask you some questions or wants to work with you in the future, how could they get in touch? Yeah, so I'm active on Facebook and Instagram mainly. Mm -hmm. I'm experimenting with TikTok, <laughs> but the handle is just, uh, it's just my name. So at A-A-R-O-N-H-U-B-L-E-Y. Um, also my website, AaronHoobly.com. There's a form that people can reach out to me. Um, or hello at AaronHoobly.com. Yeah, I'm always happy to chat with people, help them uh, uh, see where they're at and just figure out what they need to do to get to where they're going. Yeah. Wow, Aaron, you've given us some great insights and I really appreciate your taking the time to talk with me today. Yeah, of course, Veronica, no problem. Happy to share any information I have that could, uh, could save some people some time. You've been listening to Veronica Starts Blogcast. Please subscribe, click the bell for updates, and if you're so inclined, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic in the comments, or you can send an email to veronica at soulsingercoach.com. Remember, life is hard. Sing anyway.